Hola, hola, familia. It's your girl, Dalis Jasmine. And I'm going to be real with y'all. Today's guest, this episode is long overdue, but I am so excited to introduce y'all to EJ and to hear more about her story. She is a proud Latina, passionate about recruiting, and has recruited at Netflix and now Meta. And it's all about connecting underrepresented talent to the right opportunities. For the past 10 years, she's worked with different organizations and seen how they handle the task of recruiting from small boutique agencies to large tech and even machine learning and AI. From these experiences, she learned the key to success. To success. <laughs> from these experiences, she learned the key to success in the people business is to be super curious, transparent, and of course, build quality relationships. This episode, y'all had me smiling from ear to ear, and I can't wait for y'all to, to hear her story. Let's get into it. It's like prepping, right? Like, okay, it's recorded. It's, yeah. it's, it's game time. <laughs> but so excited <laughs> to finally have you on the show. I know we talked about it last year when we met. I know. Um, but really excited to have you here now. She's blonde, y'all. <laughs> She's blonde and she now has a new job. So I'm really excited to have you on the platform and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for being so flexible, you know, that we started this <laughs> journey last year and now it's finally happening. <laughs> I mean, everything happens for a reason when it's meant to happen, right? So that's yeah. how I view things. I'm like, I always tell people I'm the best person to reschedule with because like, it doesn't matter. I will literally meet with you months from now and I'll still yeah. be super excited. <laughs> <laughs> Same, but I want to start with the first question, and that is, how do you identify and why? Yeah, so I identify as a Latina. I'm from Peru, um, and the reason why is because I, I just have that Latina blood, you know. <laughs> like, um, I do know, girl. I'm very passionate. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Um, I'm very passionate. Um, I feel like I have very still old school values. And I think that's something that represents our, you know, Latinidad. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just love it. Like I love music. I love food. I love traveling. And I feel like all of that, all of values together are what make me me. Because I was going to ask, I was like, okay, let's dive deep into the values. Like what are some of the old school values that you feel like <laughs> these are a part of my Latinidad or my identity, my culture? Yeah, that's a great question. So values surrounding family and respect, right? I feel like those mm -hmm. are the two biggest ones for me. Um, and then it breaks down into even small, not smaller values, but like the other values come in the form of like trust, because I feel like part of family, part of respect is trust. And mm -hmm. that's where you build these incredible bonds with people. Because if you have all three and then you have love, it's just an amazing package of values <laughs> all put together in one. Oh, that's such a beautiful way to put it, too. Um, I love that. And I feel like it's so <laughs> it resonates so much. Right. Because I think like family is so deeply rooted in la cultura, like in who we are we don't know anything else outside of it right and <laughs> we really i don't. think like we really don't and i feel like I, when i think about these like latina values i grew up with the perspective of okay i see the women in my family women are supposed to just you know serve their husbands and have kids and that's kind of their purpose 
And what's interesting and what I've talked about before on my podcast is being this modern Latina woman who still has those old school values of I can't wait to have a family, to be that Latina mom, right? But also being a career woman, an entrepreneur, being ambitious. And it's almost like this new breed of Latina women that are coming into the world of balancing both, right? Both ambition and both being that family, the one who holds it down. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. it's such a it's kind of like what you're talking about, that family and still like it's maybe our American side. Who knows what to label it? But it's like the new breed (laughs) of Latinas that are coming into the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree with you more about like the entrepreneurship part. Um, I think that comes Mm -hmm. from I really thought it was a lot more related to me because a lot of people in my family are females. So in our side. I do see a ton of empowered females, like starting from my grandma, she was boss. (laughs) And then my mom is a boss. And so like all three of her girls, which is me and my sisters, I feel the same way. It's like, you're going to take care of your family. You're going to ride and die for your family. You're going to have love for your family. And then on top of that, you're going to like kill it at work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's so crazy. Speaking about the women in our family, I feel like I grew up kind of in the same way where women in my community, yeah, like I said, were the housewives, were this and this and that. Most of my life, my mom was, um, I think like my childhood, she was working, cleaning houses and being a little hustler, doing like Avon, Mary Kay, shout out, doing all those things, right? Doing her (laughs) little self-employment. And The other half of my life, my mom was like at home, like being the full housewife. And my dad was the one working and and doing all that. So I feel like it wasn't until I got older where I started to realize my mom had a whole life before me, obviously. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't just the housewife. She wasn't just the one cleaning houses. Like in Honduras, she had a whole life, a whole like business that she was running. And I was like, in awe of her i'm like okay so there's possibility for latinas to do more than just that right yeah and so i just feel like yeah like you're talking about your grandma who's a boss you're the women in your family who are super empowered i feel like that's why it's been such a game changer for me to ask more about people's stories because especially like my mom like close to home i thought i knew everything i knew about her until i start asking questions like what were you doing in honduras like what was your job you know (laughs) But so interesting. I love that you said that, too, because it's so similar. Like, you never think how similar the stories are. But one of the values, I think, also for Latina women, especially the ones that are coming from a different country, like our family and then us, I feel like there's a lot of sacrifice in what they have done. Like, you know, they can be a stay-at-home mom. They can be, like, a boss, an entrepreneur. But then they make so many different sacrifices at different times in their lives. Like back in Peru, my mom was literally running. She like owned a nightclub and she was like running that whole thing and like a restaurant. Yeah. Alongside that. And she was managing all of that. But then, (laughs) yeah. But then when we had to make the move over here, it was like a, it was like a decision that they had to make together. My mom was like, I need to stay home with the girls. And my dad was the only one working. And like now, mm-hmm. finally, that all the girls are out of the house, she's like, I'm going to, you know, bring back the reins of being a boss and I'm going to go back to work. And I'm like, wow, it's like so many faces of you throughout your life where you had to maybe be number one or, or number two. And I feel like that's the flexibility of Valentina. 
like a Latina mm. woman, I think that they can handle all those stages. Oh, I love that you brought that up. It's almost like something I've been reflecting on a lot is like seasons in life, right? And that's what it's, that's what maybe our mothers went through or our families went through is this season they were the bosses, they were running nightclubs, they were running this and this and that. <laughs> but there's also a season for like being a mother and being at home and mm-hmm. doing other things, right? To take care of the family. And I feel like what you're saying, that's the flexibility that a Latina has, almost like a gift too, to turn it on and off, right? And still be yeah, the boss, mm-hmm. the boss bit, right? But in different spaces. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like at home or at work. It just depends. <laughs> it just depends. And I want to, because you talked about uh, the sacrifices, right? Coming to this country. I'd love mm-hmm. to know how how your immigration story started whether it's your immigration story your mom's your abuelas like what's the what's the immigration story for you yeah so um my parents are both from peru and i think where it really started from them um was when they started noticing that there was a lot of corruption in the peruvian government right and like you know south american countries have a lot of that um but so in the beginning i was born in peru and in the beginning we came to la because my dad's sister was already here so we would come frequently but they never thought about hey we're gonna leave peru and like fully move to the u.s until i was 11 and that's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. sacrifices they made because back in peru before they were gonna leave they had invested all of their money in this new concept for a restaurant. So you can see the trend. They're kind of like entrepreneurs Mm. in hospitality. They love that scene. But they invested everything they had in that one project. And then they had Mm. to deal with the government and the licenses. And the government was like, unless you pay us like a million dollars in bribe money, we're not going to let you open this. And they just completely thought that was unfair. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a huge setback for them they didn't know where to turn like that was everything they had you know made for themselves and when that didn't work out they were like you know what we need something new and that's when that was like one of the biggest sacrifices I feel like they've made for us to just like you know come over to a different country start all over again with us um but really setting us up in the best way possible wow it's It's so crazy how much corruption exists in our countries, right? Like it's, and a lot of the stories, I always say like immigration happens for a lot of reasons, but for the majority, it has to do with some conflict, right? Happening in our countries, which is is so sad. It's so sad to me because I feel like that's what a lot of people, you know, see us as like, oh, like they're, they're coming from Colombia, like full of narcos, or they're coming from like this place mm-hmm. and that place, and they have these stereotypes against us and our people, nuestra gente, cultura, and you know, <laughs> like even when you look at, I always, I always laugh. I'm like, if you look at Netflix, how many of these Latino shows are about narcos and drugs and cartel? Mm-hmm. Like, how many of them actually represent something outside of that? And it's just so sad. It perpetuates that stereotype, right? right? But I think. There's so much more to la cultura. And I feel like it's almost like this liberation that comes with immigration 
when you get to this country and now you can celebrate being Peruvian in a different way because you don't have to worry yeah. about conflict, this and that. But I mean, it comes with its own trials and tribulations, like your parents making a really big sacrifice yeah. and wanting to be the entrepreneurs, the business owners, and then having someone say like, no, basically. And no to their dream. Like they accomplished that together, you know, as a couple, it was something huge for them. And then for it to just be kind of all taken away just because the government and the corruption of it all. And yeah, yeah. the cultura that is not a good one. So they decided to um, start their dream in a country where you can, I feel like you can actually have a fair shot, you know, and you won't get stopped just by corruption. Mm. And how did, I'm so curious, so you were 11 years old when you were officially here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how, talk about your upbringing, talk about what it was like to, like little EJ running around, like what did life for, <laughs> for you look like in those days? Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. Like bringing back so many memories, right? Because it's so <laughs> wild to think about how long that's been. And... It's funny because I, maybe you have the same feeling, um, maybe you don't, but I think like sometimes even now it's a little bit hard to know where you fit in exactly because you're not fully Latina because you left your country when you were like so young and then you're not fully American because you're also Latina. <laughs> you know? It's the concept of ni de aquí ni de allá, right? And it's like, how do you turn that into <laughs> y de aquí de allá? It's, it's a whole, it's a whole balance. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the that's part of the reason why I like start remembering and laughing because there were so many things that we came with from our culture, right? Like I'll tell you this super funny story. When we started going to elementary school, <laughs> my dad saw that all the new trend in America was those little tiny bikes. I don't know if you remember them. They used to be like as small as tricycles, but it was like to do yeah, it was like to do tricks in them. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Maybe you're younger than me, girl, but I know. But like literally that was the th <laughs> that was the thing when we came. And my dad is super observant and he's like a super curious person. So he was like, right, like those people are buying these little bikes, but that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go to Walmart and get my daughters the biggest like mountain bikes I can get because they deserve the best. <laughs> so. <laughs> We would literally show up to elementary with these adult-sized bikes that we could barely, like, <laughs> we could barely get on because they were so big. I and, can't. Like, <laughs> just bless his heart. Like, you know, um, el papá de la, de la hijita always wants the best for his hijitas. And so he got, like, the best and mm -hmm. biggest thing out there. Oh, man, I can only remember me and my sister trying to get to school. Sometimes we would just walk the bike because it was so big. Oh we couldn't get back on if we fell off. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. It was like, a oh, whole my God. I need to look up. What is this? What is this bike? Yeah, it was like a tiny bike where you do tricks. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I know. I want to Google it. Tiny bike. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. Or like maybe uh, you're younger than me. I'm 25, so I, uh, yeah, I don't girl. know if that is like <laughs> before my time. <laughs> right? They kind of used to look, yeah, it's kind of like this. Uh, 
No, these are kind of like the portable ones. Anyways, I'll definitely look one up for you and send it. Is it like those? Let's see. Kind of like that. Kind of like that. But it was like, <laughs> like it was like I mean, I haven't seen bike. these. I didn't know it was a trend. <laughs> it was a thing. Like when I was in, so I was eleven. I came into um, sixth grade, and just like that's what he saw. Um, and then like another really funny story is that I would see, you know, when I started going to school, I was learning. I mean, I kind of knew English, but just the basics of it. When I was in Peru, I actually went to an all girls Catholic school. So they had English, <laughs> English courses. So I was doing all right. But like when you come and it's fully immersive and you have to speak English 24 seven, it's so different. Right. So, yeah, I remember having like uh, English as a second language classes as well. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to ESL. (laughs) Right. And all the people that helped us through that. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) But how I'm so curious how that was for you. Like, I I have a different story where I was an ESL student, but it was because I literally spoke Spanglish. Like I, I spoke English a little funny because like being at home, like I had all my brothers and sisters who were speaking English, but primarily Spanish in the house because my parents. And then I would go to school and then I would speak like how we spoke at home, which is a little Spanglish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would, there was certain things are like, she doesn't say this right. Or like, you know, she's a little behind on X, Y, Z. And then, um, but I don't know that feeling. And I've asked my brothers this because they have that experience of coming to um, to America when they were already 11, 12, like older, where they were already immersed in a different culture. And now they're kind of thrown into a whole different ballgame. How was that for you, like being 11, fully immersed in this different culture, speaking English, like, paint the picture for us how was that like first day of school <laughs> yeah well after arriving in gigantic bikes that we could barely get on <laughs> I was already so embarrassed just to put my bike like next to you know the bike rack with in the bike rack with everybody else but yeah it was definitely super nerve-wracking um you go to a new class and you and I grew up in Valencia. I don't know if you know that town, but it's yeah, mm-hmm. where Magic Mountain is. Yeah. And it was when we moved there was over twenty two years ago. So it was it was pretty white. It was a pretty white town. Mm-hmm. So we were yeah, we were one of the first I would say a handful of Spanish families there. So it felt really intimidating and scary to just, you know, look at the popular girls and then like the popular guys. And then you're just like all by yourself and you have nobody else to hang out with because there's not that many like Latino students at the time. I know. So it was really scary for me. Um, The thing that I'm really grateful for is that I have a younger, I have two younger sisters um, but the the one that Let's follows see me is <laughs> yeah exactly. My middle sister is only two years younger than me, so we would honestly just find each other our recess and hang out together. Oh. But I think for me, it took <laughs> yeah, it took a long time to like start making friends and really feel comfortable to have just open conversations in English because 
yes at school I was kind of like a nerd you know when you like really always want to <laughs> do good and I'm the firstborn so I'm always like always studying um so I knew that I was doing the homework right like I knew if somebody called on me um I could give an answer but if somebody was like oh I want you to read I would like never volunteer to read because I knew I was like so nervous that I would mess up a word mm. or anything like that yeah so Oh That's my god, TBT <laughs> to those days. <laughs> right? right when they would ask you volunteer, you'd be like, oh, that that was me too. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to read. I don't want, like, no attention toward me. I just want to yeah. get an A. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I was like, please don't call on me. And luckily they didn't a lot. I think they knew, like, <laughs> I wasn't comfortable yet. Oh my god. And I, okay, so I have to talk about you being the oldest Latina in the family mm -hmm. the oldest sibling i mean older the older yeah. sibling always gets like a a rap for being like you know like tiene que ser perfecta, the one that can't make any mistakes because there's all these like examples that you know you have to do for your you know your siblings like it's it's a whole thing yeah. right like you have a lot of pressure on your shoulders especially like being the first one to immigrate, right? Like not the first one to immigrate, mm -hmm. but the first one in the family to be like the first gen Latina. Like how how okay. was that experience for you? Like, did you feel that heavily when you were kind of applying for colleges? Like when did that start to sit in and like feel like a lot of pressure? Yeah, that's a great question. So to be honest, I don't know if people experience this but when you're going through it and you're still a kid you don't think about the pressure like you don't think about wow this is heavy like i'm doing all of this and i'm the first one that's experiencing it and i have no idea what i'm doing but i have to do a good job because my sisters need to do it the right way you know so i think when it really hit me is like more as an adult like now thinking back thinking like wow i was really filling out all the fabs of papers I was really reading a ton of things to find out like scholarships for me or like um, like first generation grants and like, you know, the things that I needed to look for in order to get myself into college. And I will give a big shout out to my dad. His dream had always been that we were that we would be like athletes. So that actually really, really helped me because in Peru, everybody like my me and my sisters were we started since we were six years old, like both of us, the first two were swimmers and then the last one was a tennis player. But basically, yeah, when we came into this country, that really helped us because we continued to be into sports. And so we would like compete um, almost every weekend. We did like uh, club swim and my little sister was in club oh, tennis. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I feel like that really helped in getting us out of our shells and like really being like you know it's kind of like the way that latino parents expect you to be where you're like oh you're shy i don't care you're still gonna go do it <laughs> you know what i mean oh my god like, yeah <laughs> you're like please i don't want to go talk to that coach they'll be like you go talk to the coach because i don't know how to talk to your coach you know so mm -hmm. it's like you step up I, I feel like you step up in a really big way without even realizing it because you're so little still but then when you think back to it, you're it's kind of like, thank you. Thank you for pushing me out of that shell. Because, I mean, being in that very vulnerable position where you're in a new country with a new language, you don't have friends, you don't have a lot of things. The only people that are backing you up is your own family. 
you know so if they're not if they're not the ones that are pushing you then i don't think anyone else would have pushed me to open up and not be shy and like overcome Aww. the challenges and look, now look at you doing podcasts, working at all these companies, like a <laughs> girl. <laughs> but that's crazy. Now no, I, I always think about, oh my God. No, but I always think about that um, <laughs> older sibling, especially like being the oldest daughter and what it means to be like the oldest daughter and all those pressures that come with it. Like, and again, like I, I empathize with you when you're like, you don't really think about it as a kid, right? That all that pressure that you feel, like it doesn't really manifest itself mm-hmm. until you're an adult and can really make sense of those feelings and say, oh, I was really just like going through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when you just feel like what I remember is you just want to help your family so much. And like, if my dad wrote an email and he was like, I need you to translate this for me because I need to send it to like a business person. You wouldn't say no. You're just like, yeah, let me help you. Like, it's funny now because Mm -hmm. I actually do say no to them now when they come to me and they're like, can you do this? I'm like, no, (laughs) you've been here long enough. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) Oh my God. That's my mom. My mom still, she's been here for 30 years but she still doesn't know the language she's like she knows a little bit she can understand but she doesn't like speaking it Uh, my dad's a lot better because he was working in construction he was working in a lot of like places where you have to like communicate with a lot of people yeah but it's so funny because I think as the youngest all my siblings left and now they were like looking to me like okay can you help me with this can you help me with that like translate this and translate that contract and I was like over here in high school like translating all these documents for them (laughs) up until like adulthood up until now um so it doesn't ever end but it's just I just love that and I always think about this um I always love that they can lean on us right to to be those translators to be kind of like how do you do this how do you do that it's almost like we're the we're like dual experts in like being part of the latino (laughs) culture but also being american and they're leaning on us for that knowledge but i always think about how hard it could be for some latino parents to not know everything right to be like ej like please help me i don't know how to do this like i think sometimes our our parents can be really prideful like we got this like don't worry about it like you know, like, soy tu papá, soy tu mamá, like, no te preocupes, like, I got you. Yeah. I think, like, I think about that sometimes, like, how hard must have it, must have, let me backtrack, how hard it must have been for, like, some of these Latino parents to, like, really ask for help, right, from their kids. And so I just feel like there's, there's always that thought in the back of my head, like, Shout out to all the parents who had to lean on their kids to, to just maneuver the world. Yeah, and trust in them. I feel like I really did notice that with my dad. And he is, I feel like he's used to, like, he has to be vulnerable and courageous in his own ways. So he grew up, even before he had us, he had three sisters. So he's been surrounded <laughs> by women all of his life. <laughs> And then he had three daughters. Yeah. Oh, my God. He never had a break. (laughs) Never. Not even a one male dog. Like, literally, all our dogs were female, (laughs) too. So, I know. He was just on his own team. But I think, like, 
something that I really feel like he leaned into was that vulnerability. Like, and maybe because we were in there, we, we weren't sons, right? We were daughters. So maybe we were like easier to approach. But when there were times where he was like, hey, I really need your help with this. He would, he would like ask for it. And like, I really give him props for that. Cause I'm sure that's hard. Like you want to be the parent, but you're in this new situation. And yeah, there are a lot of things that they didn't know. And especially my dad, because he's so dedical. Like, he's like, I don't want to speak English <laughs> for the longest time. Right. And my mom on the other side was like a social butterfly. She like went out and like met all these people and yeah, did everything and like volunteered. And so she picked it up really quickly. But my dad's a lot. He's like shy. So that took a while for him to get out of his shell. But yeah, he finally is doing it, which is so <laughs> funny because kind of like what you said about your your mom that she doesn't, you know, she, they've been here forever, but they don't want to speak it. Now he's like yeah. forcing. It's kind of funny, like how the tables change, because now I feel like we're forcing him a little bit more to go out of his comfort zone <laughs> and like back in the hospitality business, he owns a cafeteria now and he is basically the barista and he's so cute. He literally like, oh, you know, <laughs> greets the people and he's like, hi, how are you? What kind of coffee can I get for you? And, and I'm like so proud. I'm like, yes, like this went full circle. Remember when you used to push us? Now we're pushing you. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so cute. And that's and that goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning, right? That value of family. It never, ever leaves you because you grow up with this like weird sense of I want to do this for my parents. I want to make them proud. I want their sacrifice to not be you know, not be for nothing. Like I want it to to mean something, to have value. And so we have this pressure that we don't know how to identify as a kid, but we have this like, we want to do all this for them, you know? And so it, you talking about your dad saying, how are you? Like it's proud moments for you because it's yeah. like, okay, like all that sacrifice, like it brought him here and he's good. You know, he's okay. Yeah. Like similar, my mom, she, for some reason, like out of nowhere, she was like, so just, she just told all of us, I'm going to learn English. Like as, as like a 60 year old woman, she's like, I'm going to learn English. And I was like, dale mami, like go for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. So now she, she like comments on her pictures, like with these like English things. She texts us in English. Like it doesn't always make sense, but I'm like, go mami, like you, no matter what age you are. And that's what my parents prove to me all the time. Like no matter what age you are, there's, there's room for discomfort, growth and vulnerability. And I love that you mentioned vulnerability with your dad because I feel like they have no choice but to be vulnerable because they just don't know. They need to they need to do X, Y, Z. So they have to be vulnerable. Yeah, it's like you need your kids to help you. And that must be like a really vulnerable situation to be in. You mm -hmm. know, like especially in our, in in our cultura. <laughs> exactly. when, you, when you said terco, with the I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like amen sister <laughs> i know i know um but i think it also you know besides him being dedico i also feel like he feels very proud especially of the things that he was able to you know i mean i'm sure you've experienced this where they like as the parent knowing that they're new here and also knowing that their kid is new and learning all of these things it's like they have that little bit of fear for you as well. 
mm-hmm. so that when you actually make something, like it's funny, I was actually talking to my mom about that. Um, she was telling me like, yeah, your dad is super proud that you guys were like athletes. And I was like, really, why? And she's like, because even back in Peru, he used to watch these documentaries about like NCAA, which is, you know, like athletes in American schools. Um, and that's like you belong to NCAA when you play a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would just watch all these documentaries and how it would be for them at school. And then we literally did all of that, like all three of us. And (laughs) now when he looks back, yeah, he would be like really scared for us. Like whenever we had a big swim meet or we had to like do a speech or we would go up to get an award, he would be like, I could sense that he could be like nervous for us because he's like, oh my God, what's she going to say? Is she going to do a good job? Is she going to get nervous? But then he was there every step of the way. And yeah, now after like, accomplishing all of that he feels so proud and i I, that really makes me happy because it's like making his dreams also come true in a different way oh my god yeah i mean we are i always say like we are our parents dream right and i've had this weird understanding of that since i was a kid and i've always had that as part of my why like a lot of things that I do, it's to make them proud, right? As much as people are like, do it for you. I'm like, okay, I'm still doing it for me, but my parents are also <laughs> a big part of me. And so I'm doing it for them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's always there. I love that you said that. I, yeah, that always feels the same for us. Um, and my dad always says that he's like, I know you're doing it for you, but it's also for me. And we're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> they know they always know I feel like they just because I feel like they raise us in that community environment and they I feel like one thing that my parents did that I was always so aware of is that they never showed us what they were going through but I think I also learned how to just read them like read their energy read their body language read like just read them as a human being without them having to say like Mm -hmm. I'm struggling today or like you know I can't do this today or I can't do that I feel like they don't talk about it a lot and they like internalize so much of like their sacrifice, their pain, their struggles that you see it as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can like feel that energy. And so you kind of take that in like, I, for me at least, like I took that and I was like, well, I'm going to make them proud. I don't want them to ever feel like it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. And that's so true. That That's so true. I feel like maybe they, sometimes they, they felt like there was a lot going on, like even in our lives, that they don't want to bring up the issues that they have going on. And mm-hmm. I know that you have older siblings, so I don't know if this like relates to you, but my parents are fairly young. Like they had us when they were 21 and 27. So, oh, my yeah, parents my were mom, older like, when they had me. I'm the baby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's like the crazy part. I feel like um, speaking about not wanting to really let their kids know about their issues. I feel like now as an adult, the relationship has changed a little bit. And it's more like friends because we're all adults now, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, sometimes I feel like really lucky that we can be friends and and they can be like, oh, this is happening. And like, this is what I'm going through. And, And then we're just still there, like as a team, how it all how it all started with like this team situation (laughs) and my dad 
I know. Wait, that's so funny. Now that I think about it, like it's all about sports analogy. He would be like, nosotros somos como una mano. It's just the five of us against the world. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. so cute. And I feel like it's. <laughs> I love that you said like you're like friends now because that's how I view my parents. I'm like, they're like my little best friends, like even to this day. <laughs> right. And it's so funny because like comparing my experience with like my older sister's experience, it's different because she grew up with them as she was growing up with them because like she my mom had her right. so young at like 19, 20. And so I always feel like the older siblings grew up with my mom. They almost grew up with her, you know, and kind of navigated the world with her, immigrated with her. And for me, like. I'm like by far the youngest. I have a different dad. So I feel like they all left and they all kind of like, you know, went their separate ways, went to college, went to work, went to, you know, build their families. And I stayed with my parents and I developed a friendship with them early on. Maybe because yes, estaban cansados conmigo. They were like, <laughs> there's seven of you, like you're the last one. Um, but oh, like I feel like I was able to build a friendship with them and really just have them to myself after, you know, growing up in a big family. And so I definitely feel like I get to have different conversations with them instead of, you know, trying to figure out, are they struggling today? How are they feeling? Like, I could just ask, like, ¿Cómo te sientes? Like, you know, get that. And they're able to just yeah. tell me openly, like, I'm going through this or esto me está pasando. Yeah. Fíjate que el fulano. Like, they just, you know, talk about <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. That is the one, I would say, the one thing I'm jealous of, of being the last. So my little sister is seven years younger than me, and she got away with everything. Like, I couldn't sleep over anyone's, like, my friends' houses until I was 18. <laughs> 18. And when she was 12, she'd be like, oh, can I go sleep over? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, what? How is this fair? You know, so... I mean, I'm the, the last one I was still not allowed to sleep over. <laughs> but if you Girl, ask my siblings, they will say thing. like, esta, like, esta, like, did not get hit as much as we did. Like, esta, esta, like, they always say things about me. Like, I got away with a lot more. But oh, I was also a good kid. Yeah. So, like, y'all were just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> my little sister preaches the same thing. I mean, she is a good kid. She's. She's a freaking baller. Like she, she actually had it the hardest when we moved here because she only spoke Spanish. She was only three. Like that was her learning. Mm. She just didn't even go to school in Spanish. And now it's so funny because she, our job as older sisters, my dad told us, we need to speak Spanish in the house all the time so that Andrea, your little sister can be fluent in Spanish and then also learn English when she goes to school. So it was part of like, mm. you know, like being the oldest is like, you are a teacher, you're a parent, you're a caretaker, you're a, a buddy, you're a teammate, you're like everything. But <laughs> yeah. And now she's like fluent and I, and I love it because she's actually helping um, Latinos get, um, get their translations in a court of law like when they go through a situation where they need to go to um like court 
she's the one that translates everything for them. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's like, oh, what such to a do? baller. <laughs> I know. She's killing it with that. Oh, well, I, speaking of being a baller, I consider you, girl, as one of those. So I feel I want to talk about your journey into, into breaking into tech, right? Or being a Latina in tech. What was that like middle ground between you, you know, growing up, being your, your parents, you know, right hand and navigating the world, going through mountain bike? <laughs> How was that transition from there to college and like applying for these, like for FAFSA you mentioned to like tech? What was that journey like? And this is moving into our cafecito and cheese So if you have your coffee mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> oh, girl, I do. But I actually left it in the kitchen. So it's all good. <laughs> um, I brought my dirty... tea this time. <laughs> That's nice. I've been drinking tea recently because of my throat. I was like, I had a sinus infection all last week and it was awful. But I was drinking tea a lot. So I kind of been getting into Ooh. tea. Yeah. Oh, I love tea. I my mom, she was she's all about the tea, con jengibre, curcuma, like she's she's all about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I feel like that's every mom. My mom's always like, let me make you this té con limón y le echamos más limón and then le echamos ginger. And I'm like, are you just like making this? this thing up she's like no it will cure you (laughs) i'm like no thank you (laughs) oh everything like you're gonna be fine (laughs) oh my god i have to tell you this funny funny thing so sorry before we dive into the no you're good you're good (laughs) (laughs) this is the cheese man literally i'm like 33 right like i'm a full adult full-blown independent woman (laughs) i was sick last week and my mom goes no worries. I'm going to come over and do my special smokehouse. She called it a smokehouse because she literally will come over when you're sick. She will put Vicks on your feet and then put socks on. She will put Vicks on your stomach and then put like sweatpants on. Then she will put Vicks on your chest, on your back, and then she'll put it up your nose. And then she covers you with three blankets and you have to go to sleep. It is legit a smokehouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. In- Oh my God. It's the funniest thing because you're sweating and you hate it, but you actually wake up and you're like a fully renewed person. Like no more call. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) I'm going to steal that. (laughs) I'm telling you. It works so well that my brother-in-law that is married to my middle sister, he's like this white boy from Missouri. And one day he was so sick. He was like, Sophia, I need a smoke house. She literally, she literally smoked him. <laughs> and oh then he was my great. god! And then he was great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I needed to share that. <laughs> oh my, the Vix story. That's so genius. We we only did the Vix and then put the sock on, but we didn't do the whole smokehouse thing. That's so genius. It's so genius. <laughs> if she could, girl, I would tell you. She's even put that thing behind my ears. I'm like, how is this even helping now? I think you're just. You're just doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I should say this because I'm like, I don't know if you can actually like do this, but my mom would make me eat it sometimes if I had a sore throat. She'd be like, Come, cometelo, cometelo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to eat fix, mom, but like we would, we would be eating it. <laughs> oh my God. That, that literally happened so many times that now as adults, we did a research on it and it literally says on the back of it, do not eat this. And I'm <laughs> like, mom, 
all the years you made us eat this. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> She's like, we don't read the labels. I'm like, yeah, for clearly. real. They're like, no, no, te va a curar. Like, don't put, don't pay attention to the doctors or what they say. Like, you can eat it. <laughs> oh my god, my dad still says los doctores no saben nada, and I'm like, really? Because you do. Like, <laughs> uh huh. You studied medicine. They swear. <laughs> they swear. <laughs> It's the funniest thing. <laughs> but let's let's so, go back to the cafe right. the cheese mate. <laughs> let's do it. Um you said you wanted to know about the journey, right? The journey, yeah. From from college to a Latina in tech. What was that journey like? Yeah, the journey was wild. I never knew I would end up in tech the way I did. Um because I so I lived in the I went to school in Florida. So East Coast has never been like a techie, you know, it's not the techie coast, especially Florida. I feel like there's not a lot of that. There's like a lot of doctors and lawyers and things like that. But like the tech world is in California. And wait, 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 wait pause. I honestly, Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Was it hard for your parents for you to leave to Florida? They were like, where's my right hand going? Oh. <laughs> girl they came with me we all moved to Florida. Oh. <laughs> that's so yeah. cute though <laughs> they will never leave us like i swear when i moved to london to get my mba for a year i was i was literally like dad are you gonna come and he literally was like if you really want me to i will i'm like no i actually don't like i want to do this on my own <laughs> I know. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. I know. It's the best. It's the funniest thing because we've moved from, we were in California, we moved to Florida, then we all came back to California, and then we've been here for forever now. Um, that is so cute. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was like, oh, yeah. were they like, oh, no, EJ's leaving? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're coming. Like, wherever we go, wherever the girls are, they'll be like, oh, we're right there. <laughs> so <laughs> it worked yeah i like it i dig it i'm like obsessed with them still um i love it <laughs> yeah so we started making the move my sister first was the one that moved to san francisco and she started telling me all about silicon valley and everything that was happening and and then you read all about it right like everything that's happening in san francisco all these cool companies and i was like you know what i think that's where i want to be like in the mix of all of that and like the tech that's happening um what really caught my eye back then and it was so new was augmented reality and mm. that's really when i got into tech and it's so funny because i worked for these companies um at the beginning that were smaller startups um in art like augmented reality and vr um but any project that I worked on, it was so funny. I would try to explain to my mom, mom, it's like I'm here in the in the present and then I can make something <laughs> appear in augmented reality like on you. And she's like, but how? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, she literally, oh, my God, when she would try to explain to her friends what augmented reality was, it was so funny. It was like I worked for NASA. It was like. Yeah, it was like something with computers that she couldn't explain. I'm like, yeah, no worries. But I would give her this example because we worked for um, one of the apps that we developed was for Spider-Man. 
And so you could literally, with your phone or like an iPad, you could play Spider-Man in like anywhere in your surroundings, right? And she would just tell people she can make Spider-Man appear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <come on. laughs> That's like great. That sounds really psychotic. <laughs> yeah, girl. I can't. But- <laughs> I know. Oh my God. That is so, that is such the perfect like parent description. Like I'll tell you this quick story because it reminded me, my brother was working for city of San Jose and my mom told all her friends, he's a mayor. He's a mayor. (laughs) And I was like, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's close, but that's not technically what he does. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of like the tech part. And then the recruiting side of it all, it's just like recruiting for me, I feel like has all of the three points that I really enjoy. So it has people, it has technology and it has like, um, how how do you say it? Like siempre aprendiendo. You're always learning something new in recruiting. Like if it's a new technique, if it's a new career, if it's a new skill, like you're talking to all these people. So you're always in the know. And I really enjoy that. I love that. I love that. And I want to like quickly give you a shout out because I met you during Latinas in Tech. They had a conference and you were one of the people representing Netflix at the time. Now you're at Meta yeah. <laughs> or Facebook, whatever it's being referred to as. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were you were holding it down for Latinas in tech. So I was just I was so impressed by you and so in awe of like your story and and just like who you represent and who you are and just showing up is like like you're showing up right now smiling, like so happy. <laughs> and I was just like, who is this girl? I need her on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes girl thank you thank you for that shout out i was so nervous and i will say this like any latina that thinks you know you're you're scared to tell your story or you don't want to be the center of attention like i felt like that for a long time but sometimes you're giving these chances like i honestly to tell you the truth i almost backed out of the latinas in tech because i was so nervous to be and represent all these Latinas and like all the people from Netflix. It was a big deal for me. And as always, I had a conversation with my dad and he's like, hazlo, no pienses, just go do it. Just be authentic, be who you are and it'll be, it will be fine. So he always says that and like, I love him for that. But that is really like, you know, to anybody else that's doubting that, like put yourself out there because then you get to meet beautiful people like Odalis over here. And oh. then you make amazing connections. Yeah, but that's really how it started, you know? It's just like putting yourself out there and then you have all these other opportunities coming your way. Uh, I love it. And I love that you're talking about your parents as your cheerleaders, right? Like when you said your dad, you you went to talk to him. Like I feel that I'm a daddy's girl through and through. And I would always ask him for any <laughs> advice. I would, the first person I'd want to tell my big news to would be my dad and my mom, of course. Like she'll be mad mm-hmm. if I don't include her on this, but... <laughs> um but I love like just what your dad was saying like no pienses hazlo I think those you know we need to highlight more of those cheerleader moments with our parents because even though like they have their own sacrifices I feel like 
they've always encouraged us, right? And that's, I feel like your parents and my parents are kind of similar in that respect where sus hijos son su vida and they're like, you know, tienes que hacerlo. Like, ve, representa. The first person, the first people who yeah. knew about my podcast were my parents and they were like, like, you should have yeah. seen their excitement. They had no idea what to expect, but they were like, ay, mija, vas a llegar a altos niveles and esto y el otro. You know, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that about Latino parents. They're like your biggest hype man. Like, oh, my huge. mom. Oh, when I got into Netflix, so I'll tell you this quick story because you just reminded me of being like a great cheerleader. Um, but my mom is like the <laughs> biggest hype man. I remember literally on my last interview, it was like 10 rounds of interviews. It was super hard. It was actually one that I really wanted to get into. And I had so much invested because after 10 rounds of interviews, you're like, God, if I don't get it now, I'm just going to feel so down. <laughs> right. So it was like everything was on the line. I know. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I remember my final interview, I like hung up um, with the manager and I just like shut my laptop. And I was like, oh, my God, I think I did really well. And I remember opening the door of my room to come out and my mom's already running down the hall like, ah, tell me everything. And I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even we didn't even know if I got it yet but she's just so happy that I completed all of it and like I was happy about it and I just love that because there's no other person you can share those moments with like nobody will understand what you just went through except for your parents oh my I literally <laughs> I relate to you so much in that respect because I remember I had eight months of job hunting and try to, and that's when I met you, right? Try to figure out what I want to do, yeah. where I want to go. And my LinkedIn was always the top of my mind. Like, I want to work at LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I love their mission. I relate to it. I align with it. Yes. I want to work there. And I've always told my parents yeah. that, like, I want to work at LinkedIn. And I had so many interviews. Like, I, I've talked about it before, like, 30 interviews, 13 different companies. And every time, like it didn't work out. I was so bummed to tell my parents. I was like, oh, I don't want to tell them. Like, they're going to be so like, they're going to like support me, but like, I don't want to disappoint them. But I would tell them yeah. and they would be like, you know, no, no, te, no te preocupes que va a llegar. Like, you know, and my dad, he didn't know how to say LinkedIn. He'd say LinkedIn, but he would say like, oh, he linked it. <laughs> like, va a pasar? No. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I haven't heard from them. And I just feel like my parents, sus oraciones, like they were part of the manifestation that got me at LinkedIn, right? Like their support, yeah. their their everything. Like even though they don't know how to pronounce it, they were always like, yeah. "That's what you. That's what you want. That's what you're gonna get." Like Dios te va a cuidar. Those Dios te va a guiar. You know, like they always had. They almost had like zero doubts, which made you feel a lot better, right? Like, okay, yeah. like they don't have any doubts in me. I can't have any doubts in me. Like, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> that's so amazing. I relate to that so much. Thank you for sharing that story. That's so sweet. And that's so <laughs> true about parents. Um, like, even when I was getting my job at Meta, I know my dad has, he never had any doubts he's like I know you're gonna get it but like I know he also gets scared when I make like a big life decision right he's like wait you're gonna leave Netflix and go to Meta I'm like yeah I want to do that and he's like are you sure I'm like yes I'm sure <laughs> um and so I know there's like that little bit of like a scary feeling for me because he wants everything to work out for me but 
Oh my God, girl. I'll tell you when I got it, it was crazy. I remember I had just gotten off the phone with them and I parked my car and I was going to go see him at the cafeteria. And I walk in, I'm like, Hey, how are you? I like, I started super chill. And then he's like staring at me and I'm like, what? He's like, please tell me. And I'm like, I got it. And he was so happy. <laughs> he was so emotional. I swear. He was like about to tear up. I'm like, Papi, it's okay. What's wrong? And he's like, I just always want the best for you. And I feel so good that you got it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I could talk to yeah. you for days just talking about how amazing <laughs> our, our parents are, but also just how much we've learned and grown with them and, and from them, right? But I want to end right. with a uh, beautiful brindis with you. I just feel like you brought so much light to this podcast and this episode. I'm so excited to <laughs> share it with the world. Um, but I want to close the little brindis. Of course. Um, I want to close the little brindis. And here, <laughs> <laughs> here, I like doing a little um, manifestation and giving you the space to say what you want to cheers to and say what you want to manifest. So. DJ, what do you want to choose to, girl? And what do you want to manifest? <laughs> wow. Let's see. There is... Um, there is this um, one sentence that I keep repeating um, to myself. And it's kind of cliche because everybody says it, right? But I don't know. I feel like 2021 really showed me what is for you will be for you. And mm. I want to tears to that because if you believe that, that's going to happen for you. Oh, let's manifest all this energy. Thank you, EJ, <laughs> for being on the show. And thank you of for course. sharing your story and sharing your light with us. It's been so fun to talk to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to catch up again. And hopefully in San Francisco yes. when, you're on LinkedIn, when you're on campus and then I'll be on campus. <laughs> I know. Salud, girl. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. And just a huge, huge moment of gratitude for y'all for supporting this platform, loving on this platform. And I hope that you are building your own network and community of badass Latinos doing amazing and impactful work in the community and in these spaces. If y'all want to connect with EJ, check out the show notes for how to connect with her on IG, LinkedIn, and email. And see y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. For more Hello Latino updates, follow Hello Latino Podcast. And you can also follow me on my personal IG at OHJ4ASMINE and find me on LinkedIn. You can also check out my website, olalisjasmine.com, for more information. Y con mucho amor, Domingo Nureña. <laughs>